0: This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to talk about building altars this morning because I feel that's very important for our Christian maturity. And if we're going to see the, the difficulties If you're going to face the challenges of 2022, you're going to need to know how to build altars. Are you ready this morning? Amen. Now, I'm going to talk firstly about a prayer altar. There are different altars that you can come to. When you come to this altar, this is the altar. Right now, I am standing on an altar of ministry. I am ministering from the altar of God. When I stand on the for, for to minister like I was praying in my office, Lord, put coals of fire on me. Charge me so that I will be able to minister from your altar. When people come to get married at this altar, you come to a matrimonial altar. The man of God will consecrate that altar, and uh, we will uh, start to ask for an angelic host to bless that marriage. You came to a matrimonial altar. I want to just also say that it's very important to come to those altars. Uh, If you get in married, it will be very important. Uh, you You can go to a judge. And yet, he can register your marriage, but you didn't get married at a matrimonial altar where there's angels charging, and you must follow what I'm talking about, the altars. Jacob, when he cast up a highway, he put his head on a stone, and he started to cast up a highway, there were angels coming down. When angels start to respond to your, your prayers in the spiritual dimension, you're casting up a highway to heaven. I'll show you the scripture just... Now, you're casting up a highway to heaven, and there's angelic movements. There's a godly presence between heaven and earth, between man and God. So the altar is a, is, is a place where man meets God. You can have an altar when when parents bring their children and place them on the altar of God. That's a consecrational altar. And let me show you a prayer altar. Revelation chapter 8 verse 3 says, Another angel who had a gold incense container came and stood at the altar he was given a lot of incense to add to the prayers of all God's people and offer it then on the golden altar that stands between God. So an angel comes down, takes the prayers that are made by the saints on an altar. So when you are worshiping, when you worship at an altar, you must know that besides you comes and stands an angel. Taking that prayer, as Revelation says, takes the prayer before God and presents it before God at at that altar. And God then sends back answers in in this way physically just to to give you the picture that he sends down fire from the altar of, of God. And the fire comes as you see lightning from the sky strike the earth. You see an answer. The lightning is symbol, symbolized by the, as an answer to the prayers of the saints. When the lightning from the, from the sky touches the earth, it's like the answer to the prayer made at the earthly altar from the God's altar. Altar, touch, altar. Say that with me, altar, touch, altar. And so that's the picture of of what happens in the spiritual dimension when you come to an altar. Now, Abraham will be a good person to use to teach on altars. The Bible says, and I'm going to use Genesis and Genesis. Where, wherever I found Abraham building an altar, right? When Abraham arrived in Canaan at Sikkim, after the Lord again appeared into him, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. And of Abraham it is related, There he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Genesis 12, 7. Genesis 12, 8. Then upon moving south to near Bethel, he again built an altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. I want you to see uh, this morning in Genesis 12, verse 7, he builds an altar in a place. He moves in verse 8. The first thing he does is he does what? Build an altar. Wherever Abraham went, he cast up a highway. Wherever Abraham went, he, may, he wanted to have a communication system. In, in today's terms, if you are to understand it, wherever Abraham went, he applied for internet connection. Wherever Abraham, before he can reach his new place, he applied for Wi-Fi. That's what I'm talking about. He built when you build an altar, you have a divine connection. Abraham was an altar builder. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. Sit up. <coughs> you like stories? Good. It's not the stories that you hear from your neighbors and uh, this is a Bible story. It's it's a Jewish Bible story. It's not found in the Bible, but if you do research as a Bible student, you'll find it in the Jewish Talmud, the Jewish Talmud. The Jewish Talmud is like your Christian Bible. That's where they get their history from. This is about Jewish history. Where did Abraham learn to build an altar? Building an altar for those construction people, it's all about building. You'll understand that you've got to be taught how to build. Where did Abraham learn to take stone and build? His father, his name is Terah. Terah, that's his father, worked with the land. And he, he, he learned how to build altars. That's why you have a brick called terracotta. It's, it's from the earth. When you call about Terra, the, 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 the color of it is the color of the earth. Abraham's father did not know the God, the living God. He did not know Jehovah God. Abraham learned about Jehovah God. I'll show you just now. Let's talk about his father. Because his father could work with his hands, and he was such a great builder, the Babylonian king or the Babylonian systems used his building skill. And they asked him whenever they wanted to build an altar to their god, whether it was to the sun god or to the gods of Baal, whichever foreign gods, the Babylonian gods, whenever they wanted to build an altar where they could uh, worship their god, they called Terah. So, Terah used to build altars to foreign gods. Abraham, as a little boy, would watch his father build altars to a foreign god. One day, God spoke to Terah and said, What you're doing is not right. And inside of him, uh, God put a resolution in his spirit To stop building altars to foreign gods. So the next time the Babylonian king called on Terah to build this altar, Terah refused to come. So the Babylonian king said, you are such a good builder. If you don't build it, we kill you or we're going to kill your son. They started to blackmail him because they knew how much Terah loved Abraham. So, to save his son, the terror took Abraham and hid him in a cave. In the darkness of the cave, Abraham came out one day and he looked up into the stars. And as he looked into the stars, this was his first connection with Jehovah God. He said, surely the one whose hands made the stars in the sky... Surely that must be God. As it is on the inside of each one of us, there's a yearning for the God sector. Every one of you, whether you're a murderer, whether you're a... No matter how bad you are, there's always a a big question mark on the inside of you is, where is this God? And that's why some people fill that space, that emptiness with drugs, Pornography, addictions, sexual sins, all kinds of sin. They try to cover the void for where is God? Until you find the living God, you find that space and that void filled up. Are you with me? So, Abraham is looking out at the stars and the skies. Little wonder when God really wants to give him a promise, he brings him outside and he says, Can you count the stars? Excuse me <laughs> And so God reveals himself to Abraham when Abraham is a at the age of 12, God says to him, "I am the living God." So God marks Abraham. Now the story is still where the Babylonian king wants terror. To build, Terah refuses to build the altar. And so they send for Abraham to kill him. Terah, in place of Abraham, substitutes Abraham and brings another boy at that age and presents him to be killed, unfortunately, by the Babylonian king. Little wonder when Abraham has to kill Isaac. And Isaac is saying, I see the wood and I see the fire. But where is the sacrifice? Abraham understands substitution. And Abraham with confidence says, God will provide. And when Abraham takes Isaac to Mount Moriah, he builds an altar. And he calls the altar Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. How can he be so confident that God is going to substitute the son? Because he himself was substituted. Coming back to this Abraham then understands if an altar can do that for the Babylonian system where they can stand at the altar of the sun goddess and when there's clouds of grayness they can change the atmosphere and call sun out of rain clouds Abraham says if an altar Can do that for a foreign system. Can you imagine what an altar can do with God, the living God? And so, Abraham is convinced that we have to learn how to build altars to our God. Are you with me this morning? Now, God calls Abraham. And he tells Abraham, now I'm going to work with you. Out of you is going to come a a whole nation. Uh, You're going to birth for me, a nation. You know the story about Sarah and all of those things. But out of Abraham came Isaac. Isaac comes Jacob. Jacob gives birth to Joseph. And Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim. So much so that when uh, Jacob is dying, Joseph... Is asked to bring Manasseh and Ephraim. What what, what Jacob does, I'm, I'm, I'm going, but I have to educate you. What Jacob does is, he says to Ephraim and Manasseh, go read it. He says, you are from today, my sons. And he crosses his hands, but he puts a blessing that he should put on Joseph. He bypasses Joseph, and he puts a blessing on, on Ephraim and Manasseh. When the Jewish people pray today, they don't talk about the blessing of Abraham. They say, may God bless us as he blessed Ephraim and Manasseh. And so, out of Abraham comes this whole tribe that God loves, that that he's going to work with, uh, the Israelite, Israelite tribe. So God says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave this place. We are going to go and create in a new land, a new species, a, new, a new, new nation. And he says, don't take anybody. If you take somebody, then that's showing that you are trusting in man, not in God. Sometimes God is specific in his instruction. Because uh, in your own mindset, you will think that I need, like Mary said, how can this be without a man? But God wants to show you that he will do it all by himself. Why are you saying that, Pastor? I'm saying in 2022, when you're going to bow at your altar, sometimes you're going to look for a man's solution. But when you bow at an altar, you must trust because the altar is between heaven and earth, not between you and Lot. But you know what Abraham did? He said, I don't have a son. So why, how is it possible for me to have a family if I don't have a son? So he says, let me take the next best thing to a son. Let me take my brother's son. So he takes his nephew, Lot. When he takes Lot, and you know that Lot ended a lot of problems. (sighs) Lot was the biggest challenge to Abraham. He, instead of, His men started to fight. When God started to bless, his men started to fight. And Lot chose to go to to a place called Sodom. The name of Sodom is Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is Sodomy and gonorrhea, Two sexual diseases or two sexual sins. So, Sodom and Gomorrah was a. If Lot was an altar person, he would have not chosen to go to Sodom if Lot was an altar person. But Lot was not an altar builder, he was a tent maker. When we speak about tent making, I'm going deep, stay with me. When we go talk about tent making, it's making a living. A lot of people are interested in making a living without having a altar. A lot of, a lot of people are satisfied building tents. They are in the, in the way of tents, not in the way of altars. So, if they have to make a buck here and make, a, make a thousands there and make 10,000 there, because they're so used to erecting the tent... They don't consult at an altar. But you'll soon learn in life that consultation with God is more, very important. I don't know whether you watch this, this, this movie, uh, Queen of the South, and the drug the drug trading, the drug industry. Invariably, at, the, at, at some point, the drug lords go to altars. And the, the bigger you rise in drug law, uh, in, 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 in dealing with the drugs, if, uh, like we, we saw in, in Queen of the South, a whole whole chunk of those episodes was, let's go and consult with the spirit dimension. Let's go get power so that nobody can touch us because we got altar power. Whether it's from terror's altars, Or Abraham's altar. But the power. I want to tell you that that God, capital letter G, and the small letter G both have power. There's powers. There's there's the snake and the rod. Moses, the magicians threw their snakes. Moses also threw his rod. And his rod also become a snake. But Moses' rod, Moses' snake grows up and consumes. There's the world of the snakes. And why I'm trying to show you, don't think that you're making it in tent making, that you're going to make it all the way. Because at first, yes, but at some stage, you're going to need an altar. In 2022, the way life is going... You are not going to make it on your own. You are not self-made. You're gonna need an altar. Tents are about making a living. Altar is about making a life. And you know what type of life? Ephesians 4:18 life, a Zoe kind of life, a God kind of life. Uh, Jesus said, In me there is life and life everlasting. <clears throat> So, if Lot was sensitive to altars, he would never have settled in Sodom. Are you there, gentle? You can hear me? Good. Let me say this just for you. Whenever Lot got into trouble in Sodom, and he wanted to come out of the trouble, he would come to Abraham and say, Can I use your altar? Uncle? And today's church, listen to me, if you're watching me virtually or you are in the building actually, listen to me. Today's church is built on uncle's altars. Today's church don't know about Abraham's methodology of reaching God. They have been trained to reach God through their uncle's altars. Ah, oh, if you understand just that concept, it is we go into Sodom, we enjoy the sexual sexuality, we enjoy everything that's going on in the tent out there, whenever we need or whenever we're in trouble, we know that we can go to Uncle Abraham and we ask Uncle Abraham to pray for me, because Uncle Abraham has already spent. Building the altar. Uncle Abraham already knows how to reach God. Uncle Abraham already knows how to cast an eye away from heaven down to the earth. Uncle Abraham already knows how to command the spiritual dimension. So why should we waste time? Let us go make a living. Whilst he's making a life. And then in life when we are attacked. Then we send a prayer request. This prayer request thing. I'm going to kill it. It's a holy cow And the whole church I don't want you to stay in prayer requests When you can request your own through prayer Listen to me, I'll say it again I don't want you to depend on prayer requests When you can prayer request yourself The only reason you are believing in sending prayer requests Is because you are lot. And you have not been trained To think like Abraham Because you're so busy making tents You don't have time to invest In altars And that's why It's such a struggle sometimes Because you're a tent maker Now when you are in trouble You're going to have to weave ways You have to take Time to reach God because you got to first learn to service your altar. It's taking you so long to service the altar to start to, to cudgel up that, that the, the flames to start to, to get the fire to start to, to, to get right. Genesis 12:7 Abraham built an altar, Genesis 12:8 Abraham built an altar. All through, everywhere Abraham is going, the first thing he does is, let's get Wi-Fi connected. You do it in the natural. You'll never, I know people here that bought houses. The first thing they did was, they connected their Wi-Fi. They refused to move in. If they didn't have Wi-Fi connection. Forget about God. These people, I know, They, you as well. There's a typical example. They write you a second row. They stayed in my house. I say, where are you moving? As soon as the Wi-Fi connection is up. <clears throat> no disrespect to that. It's good because you, you need. Nowadays, Wi-Fi is the fuel that gets you going. You don't need car, uh, fuel in your car as much as you need fuel. Through Wi-Fi. Through. You need data. But you need to date God too. <clears throat> you want to talk about wealth? I know Solomon was wealthy. But back up Genesis 13:2. The Bible says Abraham was very rich. He had sheep, goats, cattle. By the way, we were playing five seconds yesterday. My daughter, they said, name an animal starting with C. I said (laughs) cattle. She said, it's not an animal, it's a group of cows. So Abraham didn't just have a cow. Abraham had cattle, a group of, of cattle as well as as well as silver and gold you are chasing temporary tins when god can bless you with all of this genesis 14:14 14, 14, when abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive he led out his trained men born in his house 318 men abraham is the only man in the, in, the, in the Bible that had his own private army. Ten kings could not defeat a land, but Abraham defeated them with his own army. But you ask me, I'll tell you, it's not the strength of his army. It's the strength of his God in him at the altar of God. <clears throat> now let's, i want to keep moving. I don't want to camp at that point. Strong altars will lead you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance at. He obeyed and went without knowing where he was going. Watch this. There's your land of inheritance. But unlike Joseph, I spoke about it, On, on God showed him his end. From his beginning, God doesn't show Abraham that there's your inheritance. But at, his, at the altar, God tells him, go. Because he understands that at the power of an altar, what can happen? Because alterations take place at an altar. Say that with me. alterations take place at an altar. If you want to alter something, you can't be making it from a tent. You have to alter it at an altar. It's a good time to, to tell you that now is a time that you should establish your personal altars. Today's message is about building your own altar. The altar is two things a physical place where you retreat and you meet God, and God meets you. It's a place, but it's also a relationship. So, if Nisha today is deciding to build an altar, that whole structure of spirituality enters into know you not that you are the temple. Of the Holy Ghost. So if she decides I'm gonna service and strengthen my altar, she becomes the first person before the place. But like we have at home, and she does it too, in my study, I have a prayer cloth. And we sit on that chair and we adorn ourselves with the prayer cloth and then we start to pray. That's the place. <clears throat> so, the Holy Spirit respects the person, but she has to have a place. <clears throat> Beyond that, that place, she also comes, because there's a greater dynamic at this place. You know, <clears throat> when we... when. That, that that's a good thing about the building when you consecrate, when we open the church, there were men of God. We're called men of God. And they stood on the altar and started to service the altar, strengthen the altar. That's why we insist on on prayer in, in, in the mornings. We we come here 45 minutes before the service starts. So today they were here at quarter to eight. Normally we are here at quarter past six, and what do we do? We start to strengthen the altar because coming in there is not people, but coming in there are spirits with the people, coming in there are demons. Not all times when you stand in the in in this in the pew and you're feeling weak, not all times it's sickness. Many times it's spiritual. <clears throat> Not all times when you come in and you're feeling agitated in, in the church, you get, when is this man gonna stop? Not all times when you fall off to sleep, you are uh, uh, tired. It's spiritual. Some of you, you are so spirit. I'm not saying you, the others that didn't come. They are so possessed that if they can just put their heads on the seat, the devil will take them out. When I was very young, can I tell you a story? Very young in church. I was going around with, pastor, with a pastor, and he was, he was a, a ghost pastor. try I download that song, I meant to tell you, Ghostbusters, I'm going to play it in the end. Who are you going to call? That one. And the pastor said, Vernon, you go pray for this guy. I went to pray for him. I knocked at the door. I kid you not. As soon as I walked in, he was snoring. He fell into a deep sleep. So I'm praying and praying, and he's snoring all the more louder. <clears throat> I kid you not, I'm praying, I'm praying. Now I'm young, I don't know what to do. And it's exhausting you because you are, you are pushing him, you are, you are trying all things, pulling him up. I said, get some water, we sprinkle water in this. He's going into a deeper sleep. That's when I realized that the devil can put a spirit of lethargy on you. He can make you tired from what you are trying to do in the spiritual dimension. You say, Pastor, what happened after that? Did he get delivered? No. Say, what was God teaching you? Those are the same demons I encounter sometimes in my church. I kid you not. They walk in. They sleep. And just when you pronounce the benediction, they are as fresh as a daisy. <laughs> How is that possible? It's demons. Um, you you laughing. <clears throat> Your phones never ring. The text messages never come. How come in church... You can get those messages. You're going to have to learn to, when I talk about a new you, you're going to have to learn to discern these things. Friends you've never seen, friends, acquaintances you've never seen for years, they arrive into your life at pivotal moments to take you away from when you are wanting to serve God. 20 years you've never seen them, all of a sudden they make an appearance. They are not there as friends. The enemy is using them. You say, "Where are you going with this? If you had an altar, you'd be able to know that this is coming from a tent. But which place is it coming from? It's, a, it's coming from Sodom. Where's the sick? You a spirit of agitation, things that are irritating you, agitating you, making you fearful. Where is it coming from? Sodom. And yet if you had an altar, oh, this is another teaching. But when Abraham moves, he moves to three places, but he finally reaches Bethel. You know what Bethel means, surely? The place of prayer. Do you have Bethel? Do you have a Bethel? Do you have a place of prayer? In 2022, are you going to use Abraham's Bethel? Or are you going to have your own prayer place? That's the question I'm asking you. Not that I'm not here to to pray with you. I am here to pray with you. But I am not instituted to pray for you. I want to, in 2022, make make the mandate clear. You only ask me to pray for you if you have a lot mindset. But if you reach Abraham's place, the place of Bethel, and you say, come and pray with me. Let's pray together. Because if any two of you as to touching anything on the earth. It shall be done for you in the heavens. So the, the mandate is, don't pray for me. Come on God, well, let's pray together. Let's pray. And that's why I want to charge all the volunteers, all the volunteers that work in the church. To understand the concept of. I asked my daughter today, I saw it's it's strange to see you so early in church. She said, I came to pray. I didn't tell her to come to pray. But I think the Spirit of God has put in her the importance. Because if you're going to face the demon at that level of not servicing the altar, you're going to struggle. That's why we're going to struggle if we don't service the altar. If you if the demonic influence is greater in the pew than on the pulpit. We're going to struggle. That's why we have to service the altar. We have to lay it in. Going to pray say God strengthen this place. How do we pray? Don't we pray from the pulpit to the pew to the porch, from the porch to the pew, to the pulpit, or from the altar to the pew. We spoke this in Am- Amgubaba, where the water must flow past the altar and go down the river, enter into the sea. I'll always remember that because that's how Amgubaba was structured. When we pray, from the high place down to the pew, into the porch, into Bonella, and I like what God did for Bonella. He gave us a high place. When they wanted to put a mast for the for the aerials of of Mnet, not Mnet, um, Mtn and Vodacom, they came and saw me and said, "We want to put a mast here because it's a high place." They were talking geographically, but I was thinking spiritually. You must have high places. The Muslims in Cape Town chose Cape Point, that the high point. You go there, they have a mosque. And the highest point on Table Mountain. Not on the highest mount, place, but they have a mosque. And when they send that Azan out, they are praying over all of Cape Town. You must understand what it is, altars. I'm never against building churches. Because when you build a church, you know what you're doing? You're building an altar. You build an altar in that place. Any new place must have a church. So you build an altar. Are you with me this morning? All right, stand. I'm not done. I just want you to stand so that that demon of sleep don't visit you. <clears throat> Are you getting something? Amen. Is this helping you? So what caused Abraham to relate with God? What caused Abraham to relate with God? Answer. Alter. How did Abraham relate with God? How did he have a relationship when you want to relate with your wife and tell her how much you love her, your face meets her face. When we want to reach relate with God, our face meets with the face of God. And we meet Him face to face. Where? I read it out for you, Revelations. God's throne, God's altar. Man, altar. We meet Face to face. Sometimes it need not be one hour. Uh, I know there's a prayer that, that, that people make it. Could you not tarry with me for an hour? But you must understand the garden of Gethsemane. And what is the next thing that Jesus... And he's saying for an hour. But when Peter was going down and drowning... Imagine if Peter had to tarry for one hour in, in, a, in a wave. And so we make, it, make people feel that you've got to spend an hour at that altar, sometimes a minute in that altar. It's so serviced. It's so charged. You don't need 30 minutes when your altar is is is, is, is wet. When the ground is fertile, when the ground is rock. So what caused Abraham to relate with God? Altars. A righteous altar. Here's the note, screenshot it. I'll wait for you. Here's another thing. No disrespect to where you sit. No disrespect to where you sit. But the further forward you come, the less distraction there is in a building, in a church. If you want to have stronger altars, you should be coming closer to the altar. No disrespect to 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 where you sit. But seating is, is also very important. You often notice when people want to leave the church the first thing you must watch the spirit of it is how they change seating they were in the front they move to the middle and the back and they slide you say where are they gone to pastor chicken licking. why pastor sliders <laughs> You will be surprised how many Christians go to Chicken Liquor after church. A righteous altar is a place of worship where sacrifices are brought and offered by men of God. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer unto you a sacrifice of thanksgiving And we offer unto you a sacrifice. Whenever you come to church, you know why praise may be difficult? Because praise always takes the focus of a man and puts it onto God. The next thing. A place, a righteous altar, is a place where God reveals himself to men. Where God reveals himself to men. A place of revelation where God speaks to men. I'm not talking hairy fairy. I'm talking God will reveal himself to you where God will speak to you. A place of holiness by encountering the presence of the living God. A place where promises are made. You can study Genesis 22, 13 to 14 when Abraham is going to To slaughter his son. And God says, Abraham, Abraham, put away the knife. And I will provide for you. I will provide for you a substitute instead of your son. If Abraham didn't have the yearing capacity in the spirit, he would have killed his biological son. So many people are killing what is so close to them. Killing relationships because they don't know how to come to an altar. We are killing people that we love. We are killing relationships that we should not be killing. We know that we have it on an altar. And we drop the knife because we don't know how to hear the voice of God. A place where God's promises are made. A righteous altar is a gate into the realm of the spirit. That's why when you get married at an altar, when you consecrate your child at an altar, you are bringing the child, or you bring in your marriage to a gateway of godliness. So you enter your marriage through the gate of consecration. You enter your marriage through that altar. When demons want to attract, when demons are, 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 want to attack your marriage, they do a forensic investigation and they find that the beginning of your marriage started with God's presence, and so that marriage is so blessed. It has so much of uh, the word I'm looking for. It has so much of I'll find and tell you next week. Ah, not deposits, hmm? not potential. You played 30 seconds. It has so much of revenue in it that the devil can't because of the altar. I don't know whether you understand, but whenever the attack wants to come, they go and investigate which altar this thing was from. Where was the blessing pronounced? Where was the blessing made? Now we don't go back to the altar to exchange our vows. But we can come to the altar to renew our vows. If a vow was made concerning your marriage at a foreign altar, you need to come to a godly altar And we must renew your your vow. Because it's giving spiritual impetus. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. So it's a gate into the realm of the spirit. Your altar is a place of covenant. A place where covenant is carried out between God and men. I like this one. When the child was weaned, Anna took him into the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. Aaron, I want you to bring me the communion basket with communion in it. After sacrificing the bull, after doing what? It wasn't the bull for the meat, it was the bull for the blood. So when you cut this, you take the bull and you fill it with the blood. And then the priest is going to sprinkle the blood on the altar. Why are you teaching us this, Pastor? Because you service the altar by the amount of blood is on it. You put in blood on the altar. Blood on the altar. Blood on the altar. For as often as you put in blood on the altar. Put in blood on the altar. For as often as you put in blood on the altar. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you know what you're doing? You show the Lord's death. It wasn't the death of the bull. It was the blood of the bull. Where did they put it? On the altar. Know you not that you are the person of the altar and the place of the altar. Where did you get the promise You know where Anna got the promise for for Samuel? When she came to Eli's, the temple, at the altar. And Eli thought that she was drunk. And she was, give me my baby, give me my baby, give me my baby, give me my baby. And she was praying at Eli's altar. And God gave her the Samuel in the scripture. She brings Samuel back to the altar of consecration. She says, God gave it to me. I give him back. What did she do at the altar? There's a lot of thanks that you need to give at the altar. Some of you are not getting breakthroughs into your future because you are thankless. There's no gratitude you only focus on what you don't have. But you don't thank God for what you do have. Your altar, your altar is filled with thanklessness. You pray to get, but you never come to give. You pray, you pray to, to you, 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 that, that's your altar. Some of your altars are filled with prayer requests, but no thanksgiving. But I want to show you this morning. How do you service an altar? You fast. You pray. You come. You stand in the presence of God. You know you're standing here? You're standing on fire. You're becoming hot. And God deals with you at an altar. Not everything that I say is sitting well with you. Some of the things are making you sweat. But that's. If you don't go, you, you can't leave the same from an altar. You must go of three ways. Mad. Sad. Or glad. <laughs> but never the same way. One of the ways to service yourself as an altar bow, yeah, Is to get blood... On the altar, no altar is strong. That's why, when Elijah wanted to call rain from heaven or, or fire from heaven, he said, Drench the trench, drench, say that with me, drench the trench. The altar must be drenched. And he, they sacrificed bulls, they filled it up with blood and they filled it up with water. Little wonder. Daniel, why when Jesus was on the cross two things mixed with him blood and water and he said this is my body which is broken for you why? to give you the blood and the water to drench the trench of your altar so when you take in communion You are bringing blood, so much. You drench your trench. Now the altar is strong. When you stand and the demons come against you in 2022, you stand with your your own strength, but his might. Ah. That's the confidence you get when you stand at an altar The blood of Jesus The blood of Jesus And I overcame the enemy By the word of my testimony And by the And by, and by the And by the blood of the Lamb So, Nikita, what's going to give you confidence When you pray in In the midnight hour Your altar is strong because of the blood your confidence level as a Christian that's why you are not a lot looking for for Abraham's altar you got your own altar